When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. It's Wisconsin's most complete farm show. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Good morning to you. It's five minutes after five o'clock on a Wednesday morning. It's the 26th day of May. Well, will they or won't they? That's what a lot of folks in the state of Wisconsin are wondering about when it comes to the Wisconsin State Fair. Last week, the Minnesota State Fair announced that they were canceling their 2020 Minnesota get-together, and now the question mark is, will Wisconsin go forward with its state fair, which is even earlier in August than the Minnesota State Fair? Uh, we're supposed to get an answer on that by the end of the week. You know, there are a lot of nonprofit groups that depend heavily on activities, programs, and events at the Wisconsin State Fair as funding mechanisms. One is the Wisconsin 4-H Foundation. Talking about that and the big question mark with Brenda Scheider. She's the executive director of the foundation after 5.30. We already know that a lot of our June dairy events have been canceled, but in Fond du Lac County, they've decided they are going forward with a dairy drive through Katie Grinstead is going to be your host at Verclair Dairy just outside of Fond du Lac, Sunday, June 28th. We're talking with her after 5.30 as well. Weather-wise for today, it's going to be another warm one. 82 are expected high. Showers, thunderstorms probably showing up at least by this afternoon with overnight lows down to 65. If we all go in on energy efficiency, Wisconsin is in for some big rewards. Focus on energy partners with Wisconsin Utilities to offer farmers the tools to grow their farm's energy efficiency and cash incentives to make it happen. Get started today. Call 888-623-2146 or visit FocusOnEnergy.com slash agribusiness to learn more. That's FocusOnEnergy.com slash agribusiness. Focus on Energy, helping farmers grow since 2001. Well, Memorial Weekend and graduation celebrations were not the same this year as we'd planned or had previously enjoyed. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. But still, graduation's going on, a lot of planning for what we're going to do come fall of 2020. A lot of students uh, making their way to master's or on to uh, more advanced degrees. You know, what you sometimes fail to realize is despite the COVID-19 uh, schedule adjustment, Bob, we still have a lot of institutions in this state to be proud of, one of which isn't too far from my studios right here. You bet, Pam. We're talking about the University of Wisconsin-Madison College of Agriculture and Life Sciences. Bob Bosel, a proud graduate of that school, now here at the northern end of the world's longest barn in Eau Claire. And uh, while you think about, uh, well, they're planning for the fall semester Yes, they are, but what kind of plans are they making? Whatever plans they do make, you know they're going to be great plans because the University of Wisconsin-Madison College of Agriculture and Life Science was recently ranked the eighth best agricultural college in the world. That's right, in the world. A school in the Netherlands is number one. I had a chance recently to talk to Kate Vandenbosch, the dean of the College of Agriculture and Life Sciences in Madison, to find out how proud she is to lead such a great school. Well, I think it's a pretty terrific thing. Um, I am so, so proud of the recognition that we get for the work that we do here. And when you look at the other ones in the U.S. that are uh, ahead of us, there's only three. 
two of them in California and one in New York, and those are much bigger states than, than us, and I think we consistently punch above our weight. Um, uh, we have a brand recognition among peer colleges around the world and around the country, and I'm very, very proud of that. And as you mentioned, California and New York are ahead of us, but other schools that, you know, you might think Iowa State University, Michigan State, schools like that, they're behind Wisconsin, and uh, that has to really go to tradition, but also keeping up with modern agriculture. It's not easy to stay in the top ten, is it? No, it's not. No, of course, um, much of what we do is, is done on a competitive basis. We compete for research funds that come out of uh, the U.S. Department of Agriculture, the Nat- National Science Foundation, National Institutes of Health, and that's we're able to compete because of constant innovation and building on our past achievements. And, of course, the College of Agriculture and Life Sciences at the University of Wisconsin in Madison is more than just that. Talk about, uh, Dean, if you would, about the many schools involved in the College of Agriculture and the facilities that we have around the state that make us number eight in the world. Okay, so uh, you mentioned a couple of other uh, states, Iowa and Michigan, and something that they do differently there is they uh, have multiple flagships. So you get in Michigan, you've got U of M and Michigan State, same thing in Iowa, Iowa State and University of Iowa. Here at Wisconsin, we put all of our eggs into one big basket for a flagship. So we have the strengths here in the foundational sciences as well as the applied sciences. And I think that's part of what really makes us great. So in, in CALS, as we like to call ourselves, uh, we are all about the life sciences and how that is applied for uh, human health, animal health, uh, food production, food processing, uh, and advancing rural communities and some other areas. So we really bring it all together. As we look at uh, what brings it all together, the life sciences, the faculty and the staff and the facilities. Give us an idea about the the faculty you have just on campus, not counting the outreach all across the state through the Extension Service, uh, the uh, places where we have like the Marshfield Experiment Station, Arlington, and different places like that. Yeah, all of our our faculty uh, in CALS are based here in Madison, but they may work across the state. So we have about 240 faculty across all of our departments and academic programs. About uh, a third of them have some extension funding, so they have some um, very specific outreach function, and they do that in conjunction with the Division of Extension. Um, So in terms of facilities, we have a a pretty big footprint here on campus uh, in in Madison, and I I think we're situated very nicely right in between the College of Letters and Sciences, which are some of the basic sciences we partner with, uh, the College of Engineering, and the Vet School and the Med School on the west side of us. So those are really important collaborations for us. And, of course, uh, the tradition at the University of Wisconsin College of Agriculture and Life Sciences goes on. You're very well of the heritage, Dean Leo Walsh, uh, Abe Eberly, Molly John. I mean, as you come in and take over, it's uh, it's a tradition that's that's been there. There's kind of a footprint for excellence there, isn't there? 
There is, yes, yes. And uh, in the hallway leading to my office, there's uh, there are the portraits of all the various deans, and um, it makes me think I, you know, I have to hold up my end of the stick. We can't let down the the, the history that we have, the achievements that we have. We have to build on that and keep going forward. Dean Kate Vandenbosch is our guest, Dean of the College of Agriculture and Life Sciences at the University of Wisconsin in Madison, the eighth-ranked university college in the world as far as agriculture is concerned. So going forward, Dean Bosch, to keep this up and to get these ratings, are you aware of your being rated? Do you have to fill out some forms of what you're doing at the college so these people can evaluate you? Or do they evaluate it on on graduates, on impact of research? How do these rankings come about? Do we know? Um, I'm not really aware of all of the criteria that they use, but it doesn't involve any active interaction with us. Um, it, they're pulling information on, on grants, on um, how the research is having impact, uh, about how many students that we educate, uh, and uh, about reputation as well. So that all happens without us being actively involved. And, of course, it's a challenge to keep this excellent. We know in Wisconsin what's been going on with education over the past few years. Budgets are different, and they're not what they used to be. How do you work around uh, some of those things? Because, again, we, we change the faculty load as far as what's important in society now. So it's ever-evolving, but dollars are still very important and not as plentiful as they used to be. Well, that's that's right. The states have to invest in a lot of other things where they, they previously had, you know, less financial investment, and that leaves uh, somewhat less for higher education. And when there are periods of time when there are fiscal challenges, we feel it too. That was certainly true after the 2008 economic downturn, and, you know, we're bracing for the um, impact of the current pandemic. Uh, we have to... Um, you know, we have to contribute to savings, too, and we know that that's going to be the case here. Um, so these days, what supports the institution is not just state allocation, but it's in part tuition, um, including um, tuition paid by out-of-state students as well as uh, in-state students. It's about research dollars, and it's increasingly about um, philanthropy and um, uh, contracts with industry. And as we look, obviously the campus is closed down now with the coronavirus pandemic. But when we get back to normal life on campus, what has been the demand for students to get into the College of Agriculture and Life Sciences? That demand is still up there. Is the competition still that great? And what are we seeing as the most popular majors now? And what is industry telling you that they need for graduates? Well, uh, right now we have about um, 3,200 undergraduates and about um, eight to 900 graduate students who are doing master's and PhDs. Uh, we also still have the farm and industry short course program, which doesn't result in a degree, but we have about uh, 70 students annually for that as well. Um, the most, some of the most popular majors for students coming to college would include uh, animal science, uh, food science, biosystems engineering, um, also biochemistry, biology, genetics, and microbiology. 
So those are some of our basic science uh, departments. Uh, life sciences communication is a, a, a popular major and oftentimes adopted as a second major for students who have a specialty in, a, in another area. And what about, uh, we have the University of Wisconsin system now, and it seems like over the past few years, maybe in conjunction with you having arrived on campus, we're seeing that uh, River Falls and Platteville Ag Schools, as well as CALS, working working together, the Dairy Innovation Hub being one example. Can we expect more of that in the future? Well, you mentioned the Dairy Innovation Hub, and this has been, um, this is our first year of having uh, having that uh, developing, and this has been a delight working with the deans and faculty at Platteville and River Falls, uh, and I, I, I believe that we are going to build on that. Uh, prior to the Dairy Hub, we already had some research collaborations that uh, we, we fund together, uh, which gives opportunities for their faculty and, and staff to, to uh, work with ours. I hope that as a result of the hub, we're going to also see a pathway of students that um, graduate from Platteville and River Falls and then come to us for graduate school. We're setting up a competition for some, um, for some fellowships for that purpose. How far along is that process? Um, so the, we are uh, not quite one year into our funding with the Dairy Innovation Hub, and we have uh, uh, shortly going to be having a call for uh, applications for these uh, graduate programs. Uh, we're also funding uh, graduate students and what we call postdoctoral associates, people who've just completed their Ph.D. Uh, within Madison. And we have our first group of six postdocs, uh, that are starting with us now. University of Wisconsin, College of Agriculture and Life Sciences, currently number eight in the world as far as quality agricultural education. Well, we're we going to move up to seven, six, five, four, three, two, one in the near future, Dean? Well, I, I you know, I want to keep us moving forward. Uh, it's going to be hard to displace some of those that are above us. Um, internationally, uh, there's some pretty good European universities. So I'm glad to be in this in this peer group. And you should Bob, be. If I may, uh, there's something I wanted to remark upon that I think contributes to our strengths uh, beyond our own achievements and the way we partner within the UW system, and that's partnering more broadly. Um, of course, we mentioned extension, the extension division. That's an incredibly important partnership for us, too. But I'm especially thinking of some of our uh, professional organizations and commodity groups and agricultural producers around the state. Um, these are incredibly important partnerships for us and help keep us relevant and help push us towards greater excellence. Agriculture is so important in Wisconsin, being led by organizations like the University of Wisconsin-Madison College of Agriculture, Life Sciences, Dean Kate Vandenbosch with us. I'm Bob Bosold. Wondering what the weather is going to be like today? Ag meteorologist Stu Muck will join us in moments. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Benjamin Plumbing continues to be your friend in the plumbing business with the utmost respect for the safety of your family. Like a fresh, clean pair of gloves at each service location. Touch surfaces wiped down with disinfectant after each job. 
using hand sanitizer before and after entering your home, and washing hands at every opportunity, maintaining social distancing by entering through the garage or basement. Better yet, the majority of Benjamin Plumbing's residential repairs are more affordable than you might think. Plus, they stand by their work with a warranty on all parts, labor, and repairs. Contact your sanitized and germ-free friends at Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses, I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. Who was your hero when you were a kid? Whether it was Joe DiMaggio or Jackie Robinson. Rosa Parks or Sally Ride. Bogart or Brando. You're just the right age to do something important that you can be remembered for. Even if you're in your 50s, 60s, 70s, or beyond, you can register to become an organ and tissue donor. Surprised? You shouldn't be. Today, people of all ages and even with health conditions can sign up to donate the gift of life. And it's so important. Every age, every ethnicity is needed. If we all signed up, imagine the lives we could save. The families we could help. So whether you admire John Wayne or James Dean, Robert Redford or Roberto Clemente, Elvis Presley or Ella Fitzgerald, do something important that could make a real difference and change lives. Get the facts today and register to become an organ donor. Find out how at organdonor.gov or call 1-866-99-DONATE. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. If you've ever driven a tractor, you are her friend. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. All righty, 522 now. Let's find out what's coming our way weather-wise. Stu Ag meteorologist, joining us live via Skype. I do see pretty good chance of rain in our forecast starting about when? Well, there could be a little activity this afternoon, the greater possibility uh, late tonight into the day Thursday, and that's when amounts could really start to add up. Before that, hot, humid, warm summertime weather. That's something we have to be faced with as well. Today, another day that could get just a bit stressful on us and our livestock. Kind of a greenhouse, so those crops are really starting to show up with some of the rains we've seen that have been rather heavy. Now with this warm, kind of humid air mass, things have turned around. I'll have forecast and rain amounts right after this. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. As the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin, Rural Mutual Insurance is rewarding their farm policyholders for their loyalty and commitment to Wisconsin agriculture through their farm dividend program. The farm dividend pays up to 5% back on your farm premium. Visit RuralMutual.com to learn how you could qualify. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. All righty, Stu, bring it on. How much rain are we going to see this time around? Well, there's a bit in northwest Wisconsin already this morning, and I expect a partly sunny, warm, muggy day today. Afternoon showers could be isolated thunderstorms, a tenth of an inch or two today. We'll be in the, call it mid-80s, if you will, low 80s in the south, higher up in the west, and winds out of the south, 5 to 10. Mostly cloudy. Some showers could be a few thunderstorms lasting into the night. Some fog early tomorrow morning. We fall back in the mid-60s. South winds about 5. And then some morning fog, more clouds, showers, even a thunderstorm Thursday. A cool front swings right through out of the northwest. Call it mid-70s for highs. South winds become northwest in the day. I'd have to say about a half to one inch many places, although a bit heavier from parts of southwest to northeast Wisconsin. That may graze Mauston. 
and maybe a little more heavier rains over toward Oshkosh, mostly sunny Friday in the upper 60s. So, Pam, let's just say up to an inch could be heavier in the central part of the state. Ooh, all right. Talk to you tomorrow with some rainfall reports, we hope. Around the states, we've got lacrosse with partly cloudy skies, 70 degrees. Boston, you're already clear in 72. Fond Lac, clear in 72. Beaver Dam, partly cloudy and 70 degrees. Madison, clear and 70 at the airport. Get those rain gauges ready, everybody. It's 525. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. The battle to generate more revenue could be as simple as a free IT assessment from Compel Consulting. You'll receive a customized report detailing opportunities to reduce risk, lower costs, increase productivity, and revenues. Compel Consulting simply wants to help you make more money. Schedule a free technology assessment with Compel today and be more productive tomorrow. Visit CompelledNetworks.com. Compel Consulting, professional IT solutions, just like having family in the IT biz. As you're getting through this situation, thanks for helping our local restaurants stay afloat, especially if they're still able to do to-go orders. At the Thirsty Goat, they're doing just that, trying to get you that quality food as long as they're able to. Check it out on Facebook, The Thirsty Goat. And what they're doing now is DoorDash and Curbside Menu. There's no-touch pickup offered daily from 3 until 7 p.m. From smokehouse favorites to delicious burgers, there's even options on the kids' menu and dessert. Thirsty Goat is on Facebook. The website is thirstygoatbrew.com. Continuing to offer curbside pickup 3 till 7 p.m. or DoorDash delivery every day from 3 until 6.30 p.m. Take a break from what's in your pantry and help support one of the area's popular restaurant establishments, the Thirsty Goat. Browse the special menu online at thethirstygoatbrew.com and use either the DoorDash option or curbside no-touch pickup. The Thirsty Goat will be offering this service as long as they can. Linda comes over and she says that interior designer of yours must have cost you a fortune. My designer came free when I got my furniture at Lazy Boy, but I'm not telling Linda. Oh yes, I say, an absolute fortune, but worth every penny. Absolutely anyone can afford a professional and degree designer. Just shop at Lazy Boy. Next thing I know, Linda is blabbing it all over town. And I'm glad. Now everyone will know that I have a fancy interior designer. But what they don't know is I didn't have to pay more for it. That's fine. You keep talking, Linda. Wait till I tell everyone your secret homemade cookie recipe is really from the internet. And nobody has to know that my personal interior designer was absolutely free when I got this great furniture from Lazy Boy. It's not a secret. Pro interior design is free. Lazy decorators love Lazy Boy home furnishings and decor. Madison, East Springs Drive near East Town Mall. Smog, garbage, sewers, car exhaust. Today's world puts our sense of smell on overload. Luckily, there are places we can go to refocus our senses. Our national wildlife refuges. When you visit, your nose will instantly recognize the purity of nature. Bask in the aromatic scent of the black pine trees blowing in the wind. Detect the sweet fragrance of primroses, wild violets and blue sage. Smell the fresh salt water in the air as waves crash into rocky shoals. When you smell these things, you're smelling the world the way we found it. 
With over 500 refuges across America, you don't have to go far to make a special connection with nature. Learn more at fws.gov refuges. That's fws.gov refuges. When someone is injured in a bad crash, they probably know that smart, experienced attorneys can help. But if they've never hired an attorney before, it can be easy to put it off until later instead of calling right away to get the help they urgently need. Unfortunately, that delay can end up causing expensive losses on top of the harm someone has already suffered. At Clifford & Rihala, we understand how someone who has been injured in a crash may be confused or even scared to reach out for help. We understand how injuries, medical bills, and lost work can leave people exhausted and overwhelmed. Call Clifford and Rihala for a free consultation on your injury claim and work with experienced attorneys with a track record of success to help get you your maximum compensation. For relentless dedication to helping you and your family, choose Clifford and Rihala, hardworking, skilled attorneys fighting for you. For justice, myjustice.com. You finally get some sense of normalcy. Vitens Golfland has reopened the Nine Hole Golf Course and Nine Hole Foot Golf Course. Reservations must be made either online at Vitens.com or by phone, 271-1411. The Nine Hole Golf and Foot Golf Courses are the only lit courses in the Madison area. Open 8 a.m. to 11 p.m., check out the grill menu, and go home with great food, packaged drinks, and chocolate chop ice cream. Stay healthy and happy with Vitens Golfland. All right, Eric, so I'm glad you're joining us, man. We had some questions coming in uh, from listeners. Obviously, you with the Chicago Bulls for 25 years, and I know we kind of brushed on it uh, last Monday, but my question, and a lot of people also had coming in, was wondering how true, because we saw Scottie Pippen saying that he was kind of livid about the last dance and his portrayal of it for Michael Jordan. And then Horace Grant was out there saying that he, you know, there was a little that was off. And then the guy that wrote the book on Jordan was saying that there were some lies in it. When you, who experienced it all, how close to reality was, in truth, was The Last Dance? Well, you understand it was really, that was primarily from Michael's perspective. So you're kind of hearing one guy's version of the story. And I think, you know, I think it's always difficult because there's there's so many layers. And, And to me, I hope someday somebody goes back and does maybe a little more thorough documentary something that was a little more objective from everybody's perspective, because so many people contributed to, you know, that, that dynasty. I mean, Michael was the greatest player without question, but like I said, uh, all the pieces that were around him, how those pieces were in place, uh, the roles of the coaching staff, all that. I mean, it was, it really, like I said, I think we mentioned it earlier in some of our earlier episodes that it's, you know, it really requires kind of everybody on board and everybody functioning at a high level. And, uh, Again, I, I think that it's there's there's a an effect of everybody has on one another, mm-hmm. and everybody is sort of elevated. So to me, I think the complexity and the layers involved, you know, to be successful at that level for that length of time, Michael certainly was the driver of all of that. But there's so many amazing stories and amazing performances, and and you know that that it's those are kind of left out. And I think you know sometimes it's you get an opinion of, you know, maybe Scotty's reaction to something or, you know, Horace, Horace being blamed for something else. And I think that's, that's kind of unfair because, you know, in a lot of cases, you know, or at least Horace got a chance to, to respond somewhat. Mm-hmm. 
Eric Allen joining us right now. Eric, I have to ask you, man, uh, you had a very good relationship, a close relationship with Scottie Pippen. What was your take away on Scottie Pippen's portrayal in The Last Dance, you personally? Well, so, you know, some was really good. And then I, I think they, they did focus on, and everybody makes mistakes in their lives. And, you know, I think the, the, the time he refused to go back in the game was one that was played up. Um, again, I think if you really listen closely, you recognize that everybody around him, his teammates, everybody in the organization kind of realized, and Scotty realized that it was, he did the wrong thing. And I think that's really important in this case that, you know, he kind of owns it and, and he did. And, and so, like I said, I don't, there were no hard feelings with Scotty at that point. It was more shock on our, from our perspective, but, um, you know, I, again, it's sometimes you focus on, on, on those, on those kind of things, but, you know, Scotty was, if, if Michael was the driver, then Scotty was really the glue and, and Scotty was the guy who was always filling gaps and anything that needed to be done. You know, Scotty was very much of the kind of a non-ego guy in, in all of that, because again, if it required him a defensive assignment, you know, to be of most value, that was, that was what his focus for a game might be, or it might be scoring or it might be what, or, or providing opportunities uh, you know, passing, things like that. But like I said, Scotty was, Scotty is an amazing player. Yeah. Eric, um, a question that a lot of people ask me, and I didn't really know the answer, but you told it to us a little bit the first time you came on well, five weeks ago on that first Monday we had you. And uh, people kept asking me, how did Eric Helland get to be a part of the Chicago Bulls? And they wanted to know what it took for you coming from Edgerton, Wisconsin, to be yep. part of, you know, six NBA championships. Can you tell us your story of how you yeah. came to fruition with the Bulls? Well, when I, you know, when I was in college, I started, I started coaching. I was, I was competing as a lifter, and some of my coaches at Eau Claire had noticed that, 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 you know, that I was doing these things. I was a physical education major at the time, and some of my professors, who were also coaches, approached me um, and asked if I'd be, you know, interested in working with their teams. And, and, at that time, I was thinking about just being a high school PE teacher, and at that point, I, I started looking at the strength and conditioning piece and really, really got involved in that while I was still in college. When I came out, I was looking at probably a GA position. I was looking at probably going to get a master's degree. Um, Al Vermeil, who's Dick Vermeil's younger brother, was the strength coach with the Bulls at the time, and I basically went in. I real I found out he was. They were working literally about a half mile from where I was at. Um, I went in volunteered time. So today they call it an internship, but nobody did internships back then. And, and I started with Al and, and again, right after the all-star game in 1988. You could go to Chicago to hear about the board of trade, but isn't it easier to listen to Pam Yonke? This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. We'll get to the markets and our latest crop progress report for the state of Wisconsin coming up in just a little bit. It's 535 now. I'm Pam Youngke. Now, from Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk, here's what's happening on a Wednesday. So, some interesting little tidbits to share with you today. On this day, back in 1937, the Golden Gate Bridge was open. That suspension bridge connecting San Francisco's peninsula with Marin County, one of the most recognized architectural works in the United States, opened on this date back in 1937. On this date in 1969, Walt Disney World started construction in Lake Buena Vista, Florida. And boy, I still, I should circle back around. I don't know what they're doing at Walt Disney World these days. But it started with construction on this date back in 1969. And here's one in Wisconsin. On this day, back in 1844, 
the first settler moved to what they call a utopian community that is in what is now called Ripon. Basically, they were all working together, farming together. They really appealed to a lot of people during the 1837 Depression. They were all gathered together in a communal village called Saresco, also known as the Goddess of Agriculture, or Ceres, and they worked real well as a utopian community farming together until about 1850. And that's when some of the members decided to farm for their own for profit. But now you know, on this date back in 1844, a utopian community near Ripon, all farming together. Well, as we talk about how we're farming these days, a lot of our folks in Wisconsin are paying very close attention to the announcements about county activities when it comes to county fairs, June dairy events. And also, we're waiting this week for a decision on whether the Wisconsin State Fair is going to go forward. Supposed to know about that by the end of the week. Yesterday, the Wisconsin State Fair issued uh, two separate press releases, basically announcing that they were giving all the authority to make the ultimate decision about 2020's Wisconsin State Fair to their board chair. Now, that board chair is supposed to make an announcement by the end of this week. There are a lot of nonprofits that are very dependent on activities that happen at the Wisconsin State Fair for all of their financial funding. One of those is the Wisconsin 4-H Foundation. Now, they don't depend on the fair activities for all of their funding, but a large portion of their funding. That's according to Brenda Scheider. She is the executive director of the Wisconsin 4-H Foundation. She says if the Wisconsin State Fair should be canceled this year, the Wisconsin 4-H Foundation would get hit hard. It's huge. Um, We raised about $100,000 or a little bit more that one evening, and that represents almost a third of the funding that we contribute to support Wisconsin 4-H. And so that uh, the loss of this event is going to substantially impact our ability to provide funding in 2021. And so because of that, we're going to be reaching out to our TAFT supporters, our sponsors, our bidders, our buyers, and asking them if they will work with us to um, to still make a contribution, even in the absence of an event. Well, the other ones that are missing out on this are the Wisconsin meat processors, those folks that are artisans when it comes to bacon, ham, sausages, etc. Uh, they have used their award status from that uh, governor's blue ribbon meat products auction as a marketing opportunity for their own personal business. Absolutely. It is, it's really just a loss all the way around. So what, what we're planning on doing is um, partnering up with our, our meat processor um, partners and um, trying to uh, provide some opportunity for them to uh, provide us with some gift baskets that we would then provide to contributors who might not be making a bid at the um, event, but will be making a contribution to support 4-H. And so that way we're still able to continue that unique partnership between um, the 4-H Foundation, our meat processors, and those wonderful donors that um, that contribute so much to allow 4-H to happen across the state. Um, between our volunteers, our meat processor partners, and our auction participants, they're really the three pillars of the auction. And um, certainly almost all of them have been affected during the past two months. But um, it's it's a challenging time for sure, and it's a challenging time for our 4-H youth and the adults who work with them as well. So we just hope to be able to pull this all together and, and 
um, still provide some support for the forage program for next year. Now, aside from those elements that you just described to us, Brenda, are you imagining any other event or opportunity that you may have to create? At, like you said, 30% of your funding from that one evening at the Wisconsin State Fair, are you suddenly now forced making, looking at maybe other options as fundraisers to supplement between now and 2021? Well, you know what, we're open to all sorts of options and ideas, and we're certainly working hard right now to see what we can do um, to salvage um, those dollars. Um, and that's why we're going to be reaching out to the participants, program volunteers, our meat processors, as well as the, the people that actually are in the seats bidding, and asking them what what they um, feel is important and, and what um, what they would like to see. And so um, we're going to be doing that over the next um, few weeks and gathering some information and then moving forward from there. Um, we have a second event um, that focuses on funding for arts-related programming um, that was originally scheduled for October, and we have postponed that event till next April. Um, and so that one will still go, but it will go um, in a different time frame. So um, we're, we're trying to be cognizant of what the needs of our participants are, um, but also still very much in tune with what we need to to have happen in order to um, make sure that um, funding is available for our 4-H programming. Brenda Scheider, she's the executive director of the Wisconsin 4-H Foundation, just one of the many nonprofit groups that are waiting for that final decision from Wisconsin State Fair Park. Will we or won't we have a 2020 State Fair? Hopefully we'll get the answer by the end of the week. Yesterday in Chicago, barrel cheese gained two cents to 191. 40 pound block cheese was also up two and a half at 196 and a quarter, while double A butter dropped a penny and a quarter to $1.58 per pound. Overnight, December corn's unchanged at 334. November soybeans up two at 856. July wheat up three and a quarter, 510 a bushel. Fluid milk right now for June up three cents at 1755. July milk up 14 cents at $17 even. It looks like our farmers are taking advantage of every dry day they can get. As of Sunday, 90% of our Wisconsin corn crop was in the ground, 12 days ahead of our five-year average. Of the corn that's planted, 45% already through the soil surface and 79% of the corn crop rated good to excellent even in this early stage. 79% of our Wisconsin soybeans are planted, 93% of our oats are in the ground, 88% of the potatoes have already been planted. So a lot of our Farmers trying to take advantage of every moment of dry weather that they can get. It does look like we've got more rain on the way today, though, if you're watching the forecast. Another warm, sticky day around Wisconsin. 82 are expected high under partly cloudy skies. A good 50% chance that we're all going to see afternoon showers or thunderstorms. Uh, the depth of the rain, anybody's guess. Don't forget, I appreciate your rainfall reports. All you need to do is call me toll-free if you've got some numbers to report. That toll-free number, 877 301 farm 877 3013276 and you can also send me a note with your rainfall totals at uh, fabulous farm babe on facebook or pam at midwestfarmreport.com via email talking next with one of the folks that's sticking with an original wisconsin outdoor plan for june Fond du Lac County having a june dairy drive through details coming up on that this is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.
Oh my goodness, did you see Bob's gorgeous soybean rows? Um, totally. I couldn't believe how clean, weed-free his entire field looked. I'm like, so jealous. I heard he started using this new post-applied residual herbicide called Perpetuo, and it's burned down and long-lasting residual powers making his soybeans like literally the talk of the town. Ah, so Perpetuo's his secret. Yep. Talk to your retailer or visit valent.com slash Perpetuo to learn more. Always read and follow label instructions. Educated Mortgage, the smartest way home. Call Dan, the Mortgage Man. When you're ready to buy a home, it's the right time to buy a home. There's no need to wait for extra money to put down or timing the market perfectly. The sooner you can own a home, the better off you'll be financially as you'll start saving money and creating net worth. Educated Mortgage, the smartest way home. Call Dan, the Mortgage Man. NMLS number 222652. Rural Mutual Insurance. Keeping Wisconsin strong. As the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin, Rural Mutual Insurance is rewarding their farm policyholders for their loyalty and commitment to Wisconsin agriculture through their farm dividend program. The farm dividend pays up to 5% back on your farm premium. Visit RuralMutual.com to learn how you could qualify. Rural Mutual Insurance. Keeping Wisconsin strong. When you cool your home with an infinity system from Carrier... You can rest easy knowing that you're providing the right choice and comfort and energy efficiency for your family. With a parts-limited warranty of up to 10 years and SEER ratings of up to 21, Carrier Systems offer reliable solutions to your family's home cooling needs. For greater comfort and peace of mind, turn to the experts at Carrier. Call Leading Edge Heating and Air Conditioning in Madison for fast, quality service. Spreading farm information and occasionally manure. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. So many of our summertime activities have been uh, paused, canceled, or are still up in the air. I am happy to report to you today, Fond du Lac County is going to continue to go forward with one of their June dairy events. Uh, joining me today is Katie Grinstead from Burclair Dairy just outside the city of Fond du Lac. On Sunday, June 28th, they have decided that they are going forward with their June dairy celebration on the farm, but you're twisting it up a little bit, Katie. Tell me about that. Yes, we are twisting it up a little bit. Um, We decided that uh, we feel it's very important to still have something, show, give people a tour of the farm. Uh, So we are doing a drive-through tour. So you'll come to the farm, uh, you'll be all safe in your car, and you will be able to uh, drive through the farm and listen to um, audio of our voice giving you the tour right from the comforts of your vehicle. Now, the, tell us a little bit about Verclair Dairy. It's a unique situation to be able to accommodate vehicles that can literally drive through your facilities. Tell me about the, tell me about the farm, Katie. Well, when we were brainstorming the idea, I, I had, it just made sense to me that we could, we could do this and make it work. Um, we milk 2,400 cows at the farm. Uh, we've got three different uh, buildings, so we're kind of spread out a little bit. So people will be able to drive through a, a drive through the building and see where the cows uh, eat and sleep and drink water and are cooled in the summer and warm in the winter. Uh, they'll be able to drive back uh, through the calf uh, nursery where they can see the calves in their calf hutches and see how we care for them and hear how we care for them and and they'll just be able to it'll be a nice natural flow and they'll be able to come in one driveway and leave the other driveway 
Now, are you guys having any kind of food, or is this purely just a, a educational opportunity that uh, you'll enjoy in your car? Uh, everybody will leave with a variety of uh, samples, uh, tea samples, yogurt. Um, just uh, we've got a, a numerous businesses that have stepped up and wanted to help support this, since you know there really, unfortunately, hasn't been a lot for us to for us to do. So. Um, we thought this was a wonderful opportunity that uh, kids could could see firsthand and and really experience the the dairy. Now, this isn't your first time hosting a June dairy event, though, Kitty. Verclair Farms has had a lot of folks over the course of time uh, come out and visit. Tell people a little bit about what you guys get out of it. I mean, hey, let's face it, it's hard work, no doubt about it. You got to have a lot of committee members that step up. But what do you see as dividends when you? give those folks a chance to actually see what you do up close? Well, that's probably the favorite part of my job here at the farm. I'm very passionate about uh, sharing our, our dairy story or farm story with our um, non-farm friends, as I like to call them. Um, it seems like people, especially after this whole uh, situation where maybe milk wasn't as uh, plentiful in the grocery store or now meat might not be, People want to, you know, kind of learn about where their food comes from and maybe buy more local. And um, that's uh, that's important for us, for everybody to, you know, see firsthand what those cows look like inside the barn and, and see how we take care of that calf and just rest assured that we're doing the best job we can to, to take care of that animal to produce the best quality product for them. Well, and if you're just joining us, this is Katie Grinstead from Verclair Dairy just outside of Fond du Lac. June 28th, a Sunday, they are going to be hosting uh, a virtual, not a virtual, a drive-through experience at their dairy. You know, it's not just about the dairy either, Katie. It's not just about the animals. You guys have a lot of other elements that are happening from the methane digester and the energy for your neighbors right on through. Are we going to be able to share that with them too? They'll get to learn about the, the methane digester and how we produce electricity. Uh, they'll get to learn about our new feed center where we uh, bring in corn from our local neighbors who grow corn and, and dry their corn down and, and then use it to feed our cows. They'll really get a good glimpse of the whole overall farm, uh, as well as I think there's going to be some fun little uh, animals for them to see as well, uh, goats and different things that are are planning to, to come, so they'll be able to, to see those too. Uh, also, the fun thing is too, they'll because it's a drive-through, they can't actually go inside the parlor, but uh, we're working on putting together a video where they'll, where they'll be able to learn about how we milk the cows and actually see how we milk the cows. So that's still a little bit in the, in the works, but we think we can get that figured out too. Oh, excellent, excellent. Yeah, it is just nice to think of uh, someone going forward with more normal activities, this being a drive-through experience. Now, the there is a fee that's being charged per car for the experience. Uh, tell me a little bit about that fee structure, Katie, and maybe a little bit about where that money goes. It's not like Verclair Dairy is pocketing it. No, um, Breakfast on the Farm is a big fundraiser for our um, Agribusiness Council and our Ag Ambassador Program. And I feel the Ag Ambassador Program is incredibly important to Fond du Lac because we unfortunately don't have an FFA program at our high school in a, a lot of agriculture classes. So our Ag Ambassador goes into the classroom um, and talks to our younger, our younger kids and teaches them about agriculture. So by not having the dairy breakfast, this was a huge blow to their fundraising cause. 
and we decided that we are very passionate, like I said, about promoting agriculture. So this was a way that the farm could help, um, you know, offer our, our farm for them to, to continue to do this. So it's a $20 a car load. Um, so it doesn't matter if you have two or if you have six in your car, it's $20. Um, but that is if you had uh, purchased tickets in advance. Um, we're really encouraging people to purchase tickets in advance. So it gives us a better idea of how many people we're going to have and how we can plan and get the information best to them so that they can listen to the audio. And if I they- would suggest that you go to the Fond du Lac Agribusiness Council's website or Fond du Lac Chamber of Commerce. If you Google there, you'll be able to find more about ticket information. And uh, like you said, it's $20 if you buy them in advance. It's $30 if you prepay day of. You know, that, that begs the question, are you talking with county officials? What, do we have any idea? Are you going to break them up as far as uh, you come this hour, you come that hour, or are we facing a p- potential traffic jam by Verclair? Well, I mean, in a perfect scenario, that would be great. Yeah, we're, we're, we're working with local officials um, it, the tour goes from nine until one thirty, but we're telling people that if they're not in line by one thirty, then they're not going to uh, be able to go on the tour because it'll, it'll just get, you know, get late. But in the next breath, you know, if we see a lot of interest and, you know, then maybe we can reshuffle our hours a little bit to accommodate, um, accommodate more people. The tour, the way we have it timed out right now, uh, we've done a lot of drive throughs to try to get our timing right. Um, we'll, we'll be about 20 to 30 minutes depending, you know, on traffic flow. So it's not going to take up your whole afternoon, but you'll get a good glimpse and really get, get a, an idea of what the life is like for a cow at Verclair. Well, and it's a part of trying to get into a more normal schedule, I guess. Verclair Dairy, kind enough to open their doors, literally, for a drive through <laughs> ag experience coming up on Sunday, June 28th. Their farm located just outside of Fond du Lac proper, a 2,400 cows, multiple generation family farm, and they are welcoming you to drive through. But again, as we said, uh, get your tickets in advance, $20 for a car load, and you can find more online, either my website, midwestfarmreport.com, or please check out the Fond du Lac County Chamber of Commerce website or the Fond du Lac County Agribusiness Council's website, and you can secure tickets in advance there. Katie Grinstead, our guest from Verclair Dairy, your host for that drive-through dairy experience on June 28th. I'm PM.